1: What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative, underground, back alley, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners. This is that bonus episode. Also, if you're listening on the Odyssey app, thank you, or Apple, or Spotify. If you're on Apple, make sure to rate and review. And another quick announcement, this weekend at the Native Art Market That is going down at the Daybreak Star Indian Cultural Center there in Seattle where there's food, jewelry, workshops, drums, prints, clothing, artwork. I mean, what more could you want for the holiday season this weekend? Come down there from 10 a.m. to 4 on both Saturday and Sunday at the Indian Star Cultural Center. Why we're plugging it, not only is it a great cause, not only is it buying small, buying locally, it is Native American Heritage Month, so get down there. There's lots of cool artists and music and 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 at the Simply Cora booth, there is going to be the rye bread and mustard merch available made by Simply Cora. That happens to be my sister. She's a Native American uh artist and she is going to have some information about the podcast and uh some of our merch down there. So go check it out. Anyways, with that being said, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy the Teoscar Hernandez Butterfly Effect episode, bonus episode, of the Rye Bread and Mustard A Mariners podcast that's going to start right now. Hey, Brian, give me a hand with this stuff, will you? Why don't you put in your equipment bag, dummy? The equipment bag? I haven't got one. Come on, help me out,
0: huh? You've got too much equipment to carry and not enough hands. What will you do? What will you do? Mariners Equipment Bag Night is Saturday, July 4th, when the Mariners play the Chicago White Sox. Kids 14 and under get a brand new bag, free, and your problems are over. The Mariners Express Equipment Bag. Don't leave the dome without it. This Jerry and Justin,
1: open for business. Oh, yeah, well, open for business. Does that mean that... You're done cooking dinner for your wife. What was it, H- Hanno's uh, special spaghetti?
0: Yeah, I'm finished with that. So now let's talk hot stove. After I just got away from the hot stove. Oh,
1: speaking of, but before we hot get in the hot stove, is there is there any secrets to this recipe, or is this just something you you don't give up on on a podcast to the public?
0: Uh, well, I make two different kinds because my wife's a vegetarian, so there's uh, two different ones that go on uh when i make it so she can have some and i can have some
1: oh wow so a his and hers uh, type of a spaghetti dinner is going down correct Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, All right. Yeah, let's get right into it. Obviously, Teoscar Hernandez is now a Seattle Mariners for the casual fan that doesn't really know a lot about all the other players on the other team. This is the guy that was single-handedly kicking our ass in the game two of the Toronto Blue Jays series that the Mariners miraculously came back in.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, Robbie Ray was the one who signed off on this.
1: Yeah, it's like, I don't want to pitch to that motherfucker again, especially in uh, the playoffs, which is pretty interesting to see uh, two teams that played each other in the playoffs make a trade like this. Uh, Obviously, maybe that isn't such a big deal because they play in a different division than we do in the American League. It's not like we traded, you know, with the Astros or the Rangers, Angels or the Athletics. We traded with the Toronto Blue Jays who, you know, we've talked a lot about them here on this, uh, on this podcast. They are, they, uh, you know, sibling to the Seattle Mariners coming into the baseball world at the same time. We're basically teams that have the same birthday, two people that have the same birthdays on the same day or something. But, uh, yeah, they made the trade. What do you, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. If are looking at it, I think, uh, it's a pretty solid deal for the Mariners. Um, there's a lot of lot of things to kind of break down, you know, with it being a reliever of uh, Swanson going away, and uh, I just first off, I just think because it's a reliever and we're getting a pitching or we're getting a hitting uh, player back in return, and as well as giving up a prospect, I mean, that's always got to be good in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and you know, Bo Porter on MLB Now with uh, Brian Kenny and Chris Young, like he he even said he says. He'll take a uh, position player, an impact position player for a bullpen arm any day of the week. He brings up like a point, like he said, like, you know, like an arm like that's going to affect like 65, 66 games versus, you know, uh, everyday player that's going to play 150, 160 games that can impact a game with one swing of a bat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you, after kind of, mulling over this for a few hours do you have any reservations about this maybe that this could be uh Jesse Winker all over again well the only thing that
1: seems to me that's similar to a Winker thing is that he's not that great in the outfield but when you look at his body and his his makeup versus Winker it seems like a totally different kind of guy I I want to say that he's had some scuffs but I would say Winker's probably a worse outfielder than he is and I also um this guy's got a bit more speed to him a little more giddy up to him and he's a power hitter you know he's a, he's gonna strike out uh you know more than wink winker's got a great eye that's the one thing that didn't really leave his offensive uh you know uh toolbox he seemed to have lost all the rest of it but the the eye was still there um we clogged up the bases a little bit and we've We've beat him up enough about the defense, where this guy kind of more reminds me of maybe kind of reminds me of like a Nelson Cruz kind of thing. You know, Nelson Cruz was a serviceable outfielder by the time we got him. He was a you know penciling thirty home runs, ninety RBIs, hitting around two seventy, two eighty. So I kind of see it as it kind of just reminds me of Nelson Cruz, especially at the age that he's at. Um, also, Nelson Cruz kind of did this thing where he went to Baltimore, I think, for one year to prove it to everybody. Then the Mariners bid on it and. Uh, Uh, you know he had a great career here
0: yeah I mean at first when the trade went down I was thinking I was like man this might be a little bit like the trade we uh last year between Cincinnati and us and it's kind of like a combination of Eugenio and Winker I was thinking you know because um Hernandez was not as good on defense and he struck out a lot kind of like Gino but he, he's not quite – he didn't quite have as many strikeouts as Gino and he seems a lot more athletic um, in the outfield. And I read a, a, a post by Mike Cameron that said that, hey, he comes in on the ball pretty good, he's athletic, and there's some things that you can work with to help him out. So I would assume that the Mariners are going to do that, probably have Cammy and probably Goody like they used to um, down in spring training trying to work with him. And the Mariners have always been known for uh, – positioning guys pretty good absolutely
1: absolutely absolutely and we'll get into the coaching staff and scott service stuff here at the end of this uh you know bonus episode here we're calling this the teoscar hernandez effect uh episode i think because this is a big move that's going to affect a lot of stuff yeah i mean if you go and you look at this guy's numbers in the last three years they're pretty awesome i know that last year it was a down year but even on his down year from the, the years before is is good i mean this guy hit 25 jacks he had 77 RBIs he only played in 131 games i haven't looked but i would assume that was from an injury hitting 267 yeah. 267 i did watch these videos that i think mlb.com or the mariners.com or the mariners instagram where they've put like all of his jacks from last year just in a row you know, just cut like a quick cut. It's pretty cool. I noticed that this guy, you know, he seems like he's got power to all fields.
0: Yeah, um, he sure does. I mean, you mentioned his injury history. I did see that he was out for three weeks last year from an oblique injury. So that's why he didn't play as many games. But yeah, and you mentioned um, to me earlier in the day talking about how hard he hits the ball i mean he is up there in every major category for exit velocity hard hit and barrel rate so i mean and the doubles is what i really like as well you know i'm a little not not concerned but i always worry about you know park adjustments and stuff like that you know him being in the dome for the last few years but um i think he's gonna be all right just in t-mobile you know he'll continue to hit doubles and You know, once the weather warms up, as we saw with our own club last year, um, the guys really kind of took off and started playing towards their baseball card.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you're right. He was playing in Toronto, but also that's a cold place. That's a damp place, Uh, you know. uh, So, I mean, as far as the weather, that's not really going to affect it. But, yeah, that dome is, you know, seems to be much more homer friendly than T-Mobile Park. But T-Mobile Park, yeah, you're going to hit the gaps. You're going to get those doubles.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I think a dome is is definitely a little bit of concern, but since he has the track record of it, I, it's not as big concern like of a Winker who comes from that ballpark in um, Cincinnati. That's kind yeah. of a bandbox,
1: you know. Uh, and this guy too hits for average. He in you know in the last few years, last year, uh, you know, hit he was at down at two sixty seven from two ninety six, which is you know twenty what nine points, which is. A Significant drop. He's a 262 career hitter during the shift era, which is pretty, I would say that's probably like hitting 285. Um, you know, and going back to it seemed like he really got things going on in uh 2020, you know, his debut was in uh 16. Um, do you know where he's from, Hanno? What organization he's originally from?
0: I believe it's the uh Houston Astros. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> I mean, they have proven they know what they're doing you know what I mean for the most part a lot of these guys that uh, come through that organization that were drafted and brought brought up through them and curated over there they seem to know what they're doing with those guys
0: oh yeah absolutely and when you're talking about numbers I went back and someone posted i can't, i can't credit them cuz i don't remember but you know if he was part of the Mariners last year he'd be fourth in home runs on the team first in doubles third in average second in slugging and um third in uh or second in OPS so i mean he he's a guy like you t- told me earlier that's going to slot probably right into that three or four hole wouldn't you say
1: yeah i yeah and you know like you said he'd have been forced with that if, if you're talking about like how he would impact the Mariners just going off of last year's stats. He's like right in between Eugenio and Julio is what I would say as far as an impact bat. He would be like right in the middle of those two. I think he's could be a little bit more impactful than, than Eugenio, but uh, not as impactful as uh, Julio.
0: Yeah, and I, you're right. And he is right behind Julio, I think in that hard hit percentage he's one of those top guys i think he's above it i think he's well, above okay, it.
1: okay yeah that's what i mean this guy hits the ball hard he's got the big he's got the you know big strikeouts number he hit he struck out 152 times last year now his his average dropped down 30 or sorry yeah 30.29 point, points 29 points but he only struck out four more times and he had uh let's see 60 less at bats per you know if you were going per uh you know 550 at bats he actually brought his strikeouts down last year from where they were
0: yeah i did see that and brought his walks up a bit so that's a good thing and that's what the mariners always look for and
1: if you're going back to 18 he's which was where he struck out the most he struck out hundred. 63 times that's when he's hitting 239 uh but uh you know so he's it seems like he's brought it down every every year which is which is a good thing um you know he's an rbi machine in 2021 you know he knocked in 116 uh runs that was his last it seemed like uh uh, maybe injury free year maybe because he played played 100 sorry he played 140 because he played 143 games, uh, you know, but look, he's played a, way more games, way more games than Mitch Hanniger has played in the last four or five years.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, this might be the nail in the coffin for Mitch Haniger. It kind of seems so. You know, they're kind of similar players. Chiasco um, has been a lot more healthier. Then we uh, then, um Haniger, so that's kind of an upgrade. But if somehow I still read that if uh Haniger doesn't want what he uh thinks he can get out in the open open market, that uh the M still are in the running form. I don't think that's gonna be the number one case, but like I said, hopefully maybe something could work out. That would be a nice little pickup for the Mariners to also get Hanager. Well
1: if they got Haniger back, what are you doing? Are you are you putting who in left field? One of these, obviously, one of these two would be your starting left fielder, or is one of them the DH? Uh, that's why I think this is the the first thing. This is the first piece. This is the, you know, Hernandez effect. Like we're saying, it. This is. There's a lot that can happen. I. I don't feel like now. What I said last episode, and episode before where I thought Haniger was coming back for sure. I, I, you know, I'm having to take a step back from, from that now and going, I, I might be wrong.
0: I just, I, well, don't yeah, I mean, it. I'm not, I mean, as a percentage of Haniger come back, I would still have it at like 20%, you know? And you know, if, if the rumors are true that they're trying to shop Winker, you know, I just think Hanager would be back probably more in a DH role um, and be able to play maybe a, few days out there but like you said it seems like it's the first move to move on from mitch
1: yeah i mean with the teoscar hernandez you know effect here yes this affects all of these people that we were going to trade because that we thought we were going to trade that everybody has said is being shopped around you know from the sources like morosi Passin, uh 710 kjr divish Everybody's brought up that Winker's being shopped around, right? Um, we've also heard off and on the debate of Kelnick, but apparently he's being uh, you know, brought up in conversations. And then you have Marco and you have Flexin. And one thing I thought that was really interesting that uh, Jeff Passon was alluding to on uh, MLB today, he was basically, I believe he was saying like, he thinks maybe seattle and toronto could be not done with business this off season because like look we're we're a team that you know is looking for offense and they're a team that is trying to reduce offense against them um so maybe there could be some sort of other deal with toronto i don't know what that would be i don't know maybe could that just be like dumping salaries because if you move uh you know the people the the people we just mentioned that that frees up a lot of money, but then also Toronto, you know, this seems like their move that they made here gave them a little bit of more flexibility with, uh, money this off season. What are your takes on, on that whole, uh, pot of shit there that I just dropped?
0: Well, I agree with you that it could open up money. I've I've seen Nemo as a possibility that they might, uh, look to acquire now. As far as the Mariners, I thought it was awesome that flexner or Marco wasn't involved in this trade because, you know, that then gives the Mariners an ability to trade them somewhere else. I personally don't can't offhand think of a player that would fit right now with Toronto and sending flexner or Marco to. But um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm just happy that Marco and Flexen wasn't involved in this. So it gives us another opportunity to look for possibly a second baseman and something like that if we're not able to acquire one of the big four shortstop
1: yeah it's just interesting that we still have all these these moves i knew somebody from the bullpen was gonna go i knew you know i obviously we all know that the the players that aren't gonna get moved from the bullpen but then
0: i would i mean i thought it was a good trade um i like swanson uh really came on you know he was a starter coming from new york the mariners moved him to the bullpen. The Mariners are really good at kind of honing in pitchers and making them a lot better, you know, and I thought it was great that we traded him probably at his highest value right now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I hate to see him go. He was, he was a stud. Uh, but you know, this wasn't one of the homegrown guys that we put all this stock into and time into. Um, and I don't know much about Mako. Uh, is that his name? The, uh, I know he was the number eight prospect that we handed over. Uh, you know, that that may or may not turn out. I hate when we trade prospects, too, and we go, man, I hope that guy doesn't... Uh, I hope his career and his dreams don't work out that great so it doesn't feel like a trade that I'm going to regret, which is such a fucking weird part of being a fan and forgetting about that human emotion. But, like, it is one of these things where it's like, maybe this guy turns into something, maybe he doesn't, but... We're also we're we're trading away at something that we have. Uh, and I know that Jerry DePoto hates to even hear this word is a, a surplus of of arms. But like everybody that we kept bringing up last year, nobody was a liability.
0: No, yeah, and like I said, um, the Mariners to me have proven that they can develop uh, pitching way more than they have position players. So I feel a lot better too. I know that he was ranked their number one left-handed pitcher out of the farm system. So that's a little rough. But knowing, like I said, that the Mariners are good at identifying these players, that makes me feel better knowing that they said, okay, we can uh, let this guy go.
1: Yeah. And they also, I was listening to Hollander. Of course, he was talking about the hard hit, you know, factor to to this guy. But also they said that they did a lot of research on the uh, – The, you know, like personality, the clubhouse personality, you know, uh, that it would be a good fix. You're adding another uh, guy from the DR, uh, another bilingual guy that, you know, I listened to his uh, interview today. He was talking about, hey, this isn't the first time I've been traded. This is the second time I've been traded. So like maybe like, you know, what he knows, what he needs to do and what he's learned from the first time he's been traded. He's also being traded as a different style or looked at as a different commodity than probably when he got traded, you know, from Houston to Toronto, what back in like 15 or 16.
0: Yeah. I mean, I heard the same thing you probably did by the uh, beat people from Toronto saying that he's just the nicest guy. He's going to get along fine with everybody. My first thought that came to mind was, Oh, we got another Eugenio Suarez coming over. So that's good to know. You know, since the Mariners talk so much about clubhouse chemistry, it seems like it's going to be a perfect type of fit.
1: Yeah, it, it says right here, I'm looking at the MLB bio, it, you know, he's, uh, he'll be 30. This is, uh, uh, yeah, he just, tur- he just turned 30. Uh, he debuted in, uh, in August, actually August 12th to be exact, 2016. And his nickname is Mr. Seeds. Is that sunflower seeds or is this something that we're going to be fitting in? He's going to be fitting in in the Northwest with some marijuana seeds. We'll, we'll figure it out. But Mr. Seeds, that's his nickname. It says right here.
0: Yeah. or Sean Camp laying some seeds. I don't know. I don't know. Or One maybe he
1: just likes poppy seeds. Maybe, you know, he's a sesame seed bun guy. I don't know. Mr. Seeds, I'm guessing it's got to be uh sunflower seeds. Maybe he just makes a fucking mess. You know, <laughs>
0: well as long as he doesn't take the sunflower seeds out of dugout and 86 him onto the field like someone, you know, we're yeah, good. Exa-
1: exactly. Uh yeah, he he just seems, you know, pretty pretty easy going. And listen, I mean he was sticking it to us in the playoffs. So that is also I love when you can just get somebody that you're <laughs> like, This guy fucks us up. Well now he's not gonna fuck us up anymore. And of course, yes, Robbie Ray. You know, got got the business from him. And Robbie Ray, you know, was a teammate of his. I would love to hear what he has to say. Uh, we also have that other guy that we brought over. I can never say his name. Uh, the The relief pitcher, the lefty. Was in Toronto. Oh yeah, Baraki. Baraki. I wonder what Baraki's got to say. I haven't heard from them. We obviously have not heard from Jerry Depoto. He'll probably do his Jerry Depoto show, I'm sure, on Seattle Sports uh, later today. So we don't know what Depoto's got to say. But everybody seems to be like, "Wow, this is a really good move for Seattle." I know that you know. Time will tell what what's going to happen. We only have him this year. You know, this is a one year rental, but this is also. Maybe you know, <laughs> you know, historically, a lot of these are uh, seasons are maybe their best seasons. You know, if if this is one of these things that if, that we're talking next October, hopefully after you know going to the World Series with this guy, that wow, are they gonna get him? He's gonna he's he's are they gonna be able to afford him? Are they gonna be able to lock him up because he hit forty fucking home runs and drove in hundred and ten runs, and then somebody else gets him? I'd sign up for that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. I mean, I know I talked with you, maybe uh, it gives them flexibility if they want to kind of, you know, not put all their eggs in like a Kelnick or a Marlowe. But I really liked what you said, how the Mariners might be playing for the following year, not to lock up every money. Please t- tell me again about what you were thinking. Yeah, I, I th- thought it was really interesting.
1: I thought this was a good move and it's a one year thing versus like Mitch Haniger. you know, he had a, a qualifying offer um it also says i also was looking at that like him and mitch Haneker, as far as what the market was saying was pretty similar 16 million 15 million 50 million 14 million a year depending on where you look mitch Haneker was not looking for the one year because it already got uh you know shut down i mean that's what it seemed like he wasn't looking for the one year he might have been somebody you had to lock up for two years three years even a Nemo. that's going to be you know uh you know, some years attached to it probably. Uh, and maybe with this, you're only committing to this season, it does free you up, you know, down the road, you know, because it seems like th- the word is the Mariners are going to go all in on Otani next year. They're going to be one of those, you know, people competing with, you know, the the Dodgers and the and the Yankees and the Red Sox and, you know, all the people that are, notor- Houston, uh, Texas, all the notorious places that, you know, you know don't sit on their wallet you know that 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 spend money well it looks like the mariners are still positioning themselves that way so now if you're going to sign somebody maybe it, looking at this year it might open you up now to being more realistically in the race to get one of these short stops or the shortstop that's going to go to second base whatever one of the big four because now you've acquired this impact bat i'm not without trading you know the 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 big pieces that you have still you know in in your uh in your pocket and you also haven't signed any money away right yet so maybe this just makes it more realistic now to be in uh, you know back in the game on these uh other shortstops
0: no you're exactly right you know the mariners are in a point now with their development of their players and the core that they got then now it's time to start adding guys and not pulling guys away. You know, your big key, key contributors. So, yeah, I really like what I saw with this deal.
1: Yeah, it, it, it and for Toronto, like, they were looking for run reduction. They got it. We're looking for run production. It's just kind of a, an, a perfect match, you know, you know, compatible bed suitors, if you will. Hi, I'm Jeff Burrows. Saturday night, every kid 14 and under who comes to the Mariners Angel game gets an official Mariners batting glove free. You can use them for baseball, tennis, you name it. And best of all, they're just fun to look at.
0: Batting glove night is Saturday, April 11th when the Mariners meet the California Angels. Kids 14 and under get a fun to look at batting glove free.
1: Um, you know, and as far as, uh, Tasker, I don't know if he's playing on the, the DR team. I haven't seen yet in the uh, World Baseball Classic. But, uh, uh, there was some news about the World Baseball Classic that w- was going on that you had.
0: Yeah, I saw that, um, Team USA is going to be training at the San Francisco, um, uh, facility during, um, during spring training. And uh, Team USA is going to be playing a couple games. They won't be playing against the Mariners, but I saw that uh, March 9th, uh, the Mariners are going to be taking on Team Canada. So if you want to go see some uh, World Baseball Classic teams, uh, you'll be able to see at least um, Team USA down there working out, and they're going to be playing a few Um, spring training teams in Arizona but um, like I said the only team that's going to be facing the Mariners will be Team Canada on March 9th.
1: Yeah and as far as in Arizona if you're going down there you got on uh, Wednesday March 8th if you want to see team versus uh, existing MLB team you got Team USA at the San Francisco Giants you got Team Canada at the White Sox that's in uh, sorry You got Team USA at the San Francisco Giants, that's in Scottsdale. You got Team Canada at the White Sox in Mesa. You got Team Great Britain at the Milwaukee Brewers over in Phoenix. Team Columbia at the Oakland A's, which is over in Mesa. And Team Mexico over at the Guardians, which is over in Goodyear. And then that next day on Thursday, you got Team Mexico at the Rockies in Scottsdale, Team USA at the Angels facility in Tempe. You got Team Canada at the Mariners, like you just mentioned, in Peoria, Team Columbia at the White Sox over in Glendale, and Team Britain over at the Kansas City Royals facility over in Surprise. So if you're down there for spring training and you want to get some of this international uh, you know, world baseball classic action and those are probably the that's probably the week you want to be down there. And there is a round that is going to be played at Chase Field. I assume all the people in this pool will be over at uh, Chase Field.
0: Yeah, and when you mentioned Team Great Britain, you're gonna if you're down there and you want to see uh, probably the one of the Mariners' top prospects, catcher Harry Ford. He plays for them, so it'll be nice to check him out so, against some of the major league talent.
1: And again, back back to this trade. I mean it it does affect. What's going to happen next? There's there's a lot of, you know, people going, well, they're going to go get another outfielder, or are they going to just kind of uh, bring in another bat? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with, uh, you know, the Winkers, the the, the Kellnicks, uh, maybe some uh, more arms down in uh, Tacoma might even go. We don't know, but all we know is now is the Mariners are in this uh, – They're in the there. Yes, they are active on the stove and this is not going to be anywhere near to the end. And just sending this message, you know, with picking him up so early at a position that we're like, we might be bringing one of our guys back kind of just makes me feel like, wow, there's not everybody is safe on this team. I think we already know the obvious people, but it's going to be very, very interesting for the fans. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more nail biting, I think, for people on the roster. But uh, nonetheless, this is going to be good. I mean, obviously, it seems like Morosi, Divish, and Passen are your your guys that if you want to get all your up to date stuff, follow them. You know, we'll be here to filter and kind of break down everything that's kind of happened. You know, every Tuesday we're usually going to have our episodes, but hey, when things like this happen, we're going to hop on here. Um, but before we get out of here. Uh, there's a couple of things. One is, let's talk about Scott Service. Scott Service was up for the uh, AL Manager of the Year. Um, he did not win, but uh, I think, you know, it just goes to show he's he's been a candidate, what, in back-to-back seasons, and maybe, you know, you know taking out the Astros this year for the division is the thing that, that's the feather in the cap that he needs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he finished third this year. I believe he got one first place vote. But you know, I was thinking, you know, Francona got has won this award now three years over the last few years. Um, so you know, that usually means his team's been down and out of it, and not very good. So on, on the other hand, it's nice to know that Scott is involved because the team is improving. He felt like maybe a sure in last year because the team really came on. But you know. It's good to note also, like I said, it's good to know that the Mariners aren't down and out of it. They're an up-and-coming team, so maybe he won't be involved in it as much because it seems like teams that have struggled and then came on, that kind of gets the first-place vote.
1: Yeah, and, you know, to be fair, they won their division. They they won their division. They they had the lowest payroll. You know, we didn't win our division. We had a great year. We were— we we you know put ourselves in a position where we were 10 games under 500 you know we may, we have this big winning streak we get in the fight you know he's in there fighting a you know he he got kicked out of games when he needed to get kicked out of games we had the the almost skirmish with Houston he definitely was a leader and isn't just one of these you know managers that sits in you know the 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 dugout and uh doesn't really do a lot he's definitely like a part of the team so i know as mariners fans we are just like what do you mean he didn't win this is bullshit did you see what happened but like when you get to that point in the end of the season just like in in the playoffs all of these managers did a good job and you know Francona won a division and only had the twenty-eight. Was it twenty-eight or thirty-eight million dollar payroll? Low payroll. I mean, I get why he's gonna he's gonna win that and and why he's won three times. He's 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 shown why.
0: No, yeah, I don't mean to take anything away from him. I just I was just thinking that you know because teams usually down and out and make the most drastic comeback. That's kind of why they win instead of sure, you know the sure. guy that. Like uh like Dusty Baker, he could have won. I mean he had a great year too. Yeah. I know he got some votes, but well, that's just all I was thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean he's got the loaded lineup. I mean he got he got he got the World Series that he probably needed, even though I don't think he needed this, but with the World Series I would I would assume now that road to the Hall of Fame has gotten a lot easier for Dust uh for Dusty Baker, right? Did I call him Dusty Rhodes? No. If I, did. I think
0: you... you You were close to it, but you didn't pull the trigger.
1: I mean, that's not a bad insult to be called Dusty Rhodes. Uh, But um, what I did find really interesting, if you want to go watch something that's really cool, and, uh, you know, Scott Service does a lot of, you know, press in Seattle, uh, but go and watch the MLB interview they had from the, you know, Uh, announcement show they had on the MLB network. I think you can just go find it on mariners.com, but it's a cool interview. It's with Greg Anzinger, who just seems like he's such a, just a, you know, he's got a lot of emotions for the Mariners and just loves that they seem to be, you know, back in the mainstream in baseball. I I know he gets on seven ten sometimes and he comes on there and you're just like, man, this guy really loves the Mariners and Bo Porter, who seems like he's really likes what the Mariners are doing right now. They had a good interview, nice back and forth. But my biggest takeaways are the cool things that I, I heard about in the interview was one, of course, he's talking about the coaching staff and the other people that, you know, help him get his job done. That's really cool. Go check that out. But the, the, really uh, interesting point that i think that we forget about or just gets overlooked is yes he he ended this drought so he's always going to be the guy who ended this drought but he this wasn't just something he walked in in on and uh, and changed i mean he endured the pain of this drought he had six seasons under his belt or on his shoulder or or on his back or on his mind of this drought and so i think when you go back to when we ended this drought that night and you see the emotion and you see him out there with the cigar and you hear him losing his voice, screeching on the microphone, that was real. And I'm not saying that I didn't feel like it was real, but there's a whole nother fucking level to it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been through a lot. He, he inherited a team with a you know pretty good nucleus with Cano and those guys and they tried to prove and, and get to the playoffs, but you know, they got older and management and Jerry decided to tear it down and they finally did. And, you know, then they had the COVID shortened year. So yeah, there's been a lot to it. So he's been through a rebuild. And then they're, they're kind of in the spot right now where the Mariners always envisioned them to be, you know, some of us have thought it's taken too long, but you know, it's just the process and uh, it's starting to uh, look exactly like the Mariners that had dreamed of.
1: Yeah. And like, really, he's the longest tenured coach in that or manager in that drought. So this is awesome. I mean, that just makes that whole thing him tied to that and understanding what it is. And you hear him in the interviews going like, we know it. We hear it all the time. We know we this is something that's on our mind. It was definitely on his mind. And, And so that's the that's the real connection to like the Mariners culture and fans that I think was pretty cool that I took out of that interview.
0: Absolutely, and one thing I really appreciate about Scott is he mentioned it even in the in the towards the end of this year was how much he appreciates the fans, you know going through the rebuild and all this. He knows it's tough and yeah. he knows the fans just care about winning, so it's nice that he acknowledges that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: he has that Pete Carroll quality to him like that with the connection with the fans. and that's that's really cool to see, especially in a sports market like Seattle, where there's a lot of distrust. Right, especially with the Mariners and stuff like that, where he he seems to be very transparent as you can get as a manager with the with the fans and and with the media as much as he can.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with all that.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I the the, the, the whoa, uh, how did I miss this or I didn't know that or just this open Pandora's box here was when he was talking about the coaching and he was talking about the relationship with the front office. Uh, I know that Jerry. This was one of Jerry Depoto's guys, right? They had worked somewhere down the line together prior to this, um, but I had no idea. Maybe this was part of the a news story when when this all came about years ago, but I had no idea that Scott service and Jerry DePoto at one time were teammates. He was a pitcher and obviously Scott service was a catcher. So it just made me go, Whoa, what the fuck moment? I like, I, I, did you know about this?
0: No, I did not know that they played together. I wonder if like during a, during a, a meeting at the mound, um, They came together and said, Hey, you got, maybe someday we can uh, run an organization together. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Maybe this this conversation has happened. I'm wondering what team it was on. I know Scott, I haven't looked this up. Scott played uh, service, played on, uh, he came up through Houston, Chicago. I know he played for Dusty Baker in San Francisco. I think the Poto was on the Mets or the, or the, the Rockies, maybe he was over in uh, San Francisco. Like I'm trying to think of the time period that this could have happened. He might've been over in San Francisco it would be a trip because then dusty Baker would would have been both of their managers. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this just shows that that working relationship, like they've, yeah, they've been out and had mound meetings. They've went over strategy. They've shake, they've shooken signs off. They've had to figure things out together. And maybe it's just that group mind that really, you know, helps and propels them forward that has started so so many years ago which i feel kind of like whoa i didn't know that it was a was a uh, aha moment
0: yeah exactly
1: and that's on the uh the mlb uh website or the uh mariners website you can check that out anyways this is our uh this was our bonus episode here. You know, obviously the big transaction happened. We couldn't not come on here and say anything. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of places you can follow all this stuff. Let us be like your filter, uh, your, your cliff notes, your, uh, your cheat sheet to what has gone on. And there's just a lot to come. So check us out here on the rye bread and mustard podcast, um, on the odyssey app or wherever else you're getting and downloading these episodes. Like, apple uh, and and spotify and if you go on apple remember to rate and review and just like uh we love five tool baseball players we love five star reviews don't be afraid to don't be scared don't be afraid hit us with that five star uh stamp of approval and a review um as far as next week we'll be back you know barring we'll be back tuesday barring some other big trade that happens and we have to hop back on here um, but we'll be back Tuesday morning, and I believe we're going to be back with a uh, Black Friday episode. We might get together with a bunch of uh, Rye Bread and Mustard crew contributors uh, over the holidays here and put together a new, uh, you know, updated episode together. Not like not the greatest hits episode uh we will get together with some of our uh favorite uh rye bread mustard crew members that want to fucking participate you know and we'll we'll put that out uh black friday also look out for my uh episode coming up another bonus episode with carl tart nbc's carl tart from nbc's grand crew and comedy bang bang um world-class improviser so i i don't know what that show is going to be like we'll just Fuck it, we're going to do it live kind of thing. Uh, check out that here. And if you just like, man, I don't like this guessing game and having to look, that's why you subscribe. It just comes right to you bright and early in the morning when these episodes come out through Odyssey or Apple or Spotify. Um, Hannah, you know what fucking time it is. Charge.